From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. And certainly I welcome you today on this Wednesday that is the eve of Thanksgiving. Yes, tonight I hope you'll find your way to church, and uh, many of the churches tonight will probably be having services that have a Thanksgiving theme, and it'd be a good time to be there and just express your gratitude to the Lord in a corporate setting there with others of God's people. I hope that you'll do that and do it tonight. And of course, tomorrow being Thanksgiving, we'll be right here with our broadcast, and I hope that you'll plan to join us at that time. But if you cannot, let me say now, I hope you have a wonderful, safe, blessed Thanksgiving Day. I'm so glad we have a season of national Thanksgiving here in America, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing for us to do, and I hope that you'll give full attention to express thanks to the Lord for all His many blessings. Now, we're looking this week at a series of messages that I've called a crash course to keep us from crashing. Now, when I talk about crashing, I'm not talking about you losing your salvation. I'm talking about you messing up in your Christian life and maybe winding up on the scrap heap so that you're not active, you're not serving the Lord, saved because you're born again, but at the same time, if you foul out or mess up in some grand way, then uh, all at once your testimony is gone and your witness is gone, and there are just some things you can do that will stabilize you, strengthen you, mature you, and uh, really cause you to become the kind of strong Christian that you ought to be and will enable you to finish your course like the Apostle Paul talked about doing when he said, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. And all of us ought to aspire to that, but we've got to do some specific things. We've got to ground ourselves properly. And if we'll do that, then we have a really good opportunity to serve the Lord all the days of our life. Today, I want to recommend some Old Testament passages that I think are indispensable to us if we're going to really keep from crashing. Things you need to understand, things that ought to be so much a part of you that you really, really have a grasp on it. And I'll suggest these and talk just a little bit about each one of them in order to hopefully help you to be able to get this crash course started. Now, we're going to have some New Testament passages later. I'm going to have some basic principles I'm going to give you later. We may stretch this all the way into next week, whatever it takes, but I want to give you the details of this because if you know how to foundationally prepare yourself, I think you'll be on good ground and you'll be able to handle this even in the midst of a dark world like where we live. So let's look at these Old Testament passages. The first one that I want to make strong recommendation to you about is Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. Now, why would I want you to start at the very beginning of the Bible? Well, it's because that's where everything begins. We need to understand the basic premise about how we got here. 
And whenever I get to the principles, I'll talk more about this premise of origins. But I will say here at this point, verse number one of Genesis in the first chapter has a powerful statement in it when it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, the fact is, that is a statement that is disputed by an awful lot of people, and basically all of them disciples of Charles Darwin, who was the inventor of the idea of evolution. Now, the fact that evolution is pushed, it's promoted, uh, and has been just hard and wholesale all across the country, schools and other things, uh, for years and years. It's amazing that still, when polls are taken, most people in America still believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Now, it doesn't take much of a scientist to really keep one's eyes open and see enough things to believe that the matter of evolution is a total fabrication. It's an impossibility. And uh, to understand as well that there is a creation and therefore a creator. You cannot have a creation without a creator. It's just like if you look at a timepiece or if you look at an automobile or if you look at a house, somebody built it. Somebody created it. And that's the same way with this world and this orderly universe that we live in. Somebody created it. And the Bible tells us that it was the Almighty God. And whenever we read Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, we get the details about creation. And dear friend, you need to latch on to what the Bible tells you here. You did not evolve from anything. Your ancestors were not protozoa down in the muck and mire of a stream somewhere. They were not in the mud and the muck of a swamp. I mean, that's not how you got started. That's not where you came from. But you instead are a creation of God, just like Adam and Eve and all the others that have come before. So we need to understand this matter of creation. The second thing that I'm going to recommend as a great, great Old Testament help for us in reference to not crashing, not fouling up, not fouling out, the fact is God gave us a set of laws, a set of principles sometimes called the Decalogue, which is a fancy word meaning 10 words. And uh, this is found at Exodus chapter 20 and restated again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And these premises are just very simple, basic concepts that God gives us about how we need to live, how we need to conduct business, and they are laid out very clearly here in Exodus 20. Verse 3 says, Number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Number six, thou shalt not kill. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And number 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's property, etc. Those 10 commandments are things that are guidelines that the Lord gives us about how to live our life. We all need a basic moral code by which we live. And God laid these out. And listen, they cover a lot of territory. Sometimes I run on to somebody and they will say, when I ask them about their salvation, they'll say, oh, I'm trying to keep the Ten Commandments. 
I have followed my question up with saying to them, just tell me which commandments it is that you're trying to follow. And every single time, the person may name one or two things, but they never can quote the entire Ten Commandments. So nobody is going to tell me that they're trying to keep the Ten Commandments to get saved and really think that's a good answer because it's not a good answer. It is an incorrect answer. But at the same time, these Ten Commands are God's principles. They're God's moral laws, God's eternal laws. And uh, even though they're in the Old Testament, they've not been uh, canceled in any shape, form, or fashion. But instead, they are a part of the principles that God lays down, whereby that all of us should really live our lives. And you can find those in the Bible at Exodus 20 and again in Deuteronomy chapter number 5. And they do represent things that really will help us to live clean lives, holy lives, help us to be the kind of representative Christian that we ought to be. It's important. Not that you're trying to follow these laws to be saved, but you're following them because you are saved. You follow them because you have a Heavenly Father who wrote them down for you to tell you some things that you need to know about how to function in this world, how to live in this world. Now, let's look at a third Old Testament passage. This one is in Psalm 1. There are 150 psalms, and honestly, I recommend all of them to you. Whenever I handpick some passages like this, I'm not trying to set aside any of the Word of God. Not at all. It's all important. But I'm trying to give you some, basically some mountain peaks here, some things that are so important that if you nail them down, you will, in fact, become a solid Christian. You'll become a mature Christian, and you'll represent the Lord well. And Psalm 1 is one of those places that you need to understand its concepts and its principles. It's basically the biography of two men. And one of them we call the godly man, the other one the ungodly man. And the Bible says the man who is going to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, He's not going to stand in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. This man, this man, the Bible says, is a blessed man. Now, we need to look for the blessing of God. And in a recent series of messages, when we were talking about the blessed words here in the Psalms, we got hold of this. We saw how this is all laid out here in the Bible, that we can have the blessing of God in our life. And then verses 4, 5, and 6 in Psalm 1 talk about the ungodly man, the man who leaves God out of his life, who refuses the Savior, and who uh, just really designs his life in such a way that he's going to do what he pleases to do. He's not interested in following the Lord any whatsoever. Now, that is a formula for disaster. You and I come to Christ, we get saved, we're born again, we're heaven-bound, but at the same time, we have life left to live. And as we live our life, the Lord wants us, as we noted yesterday, He wants us to shine like a light in a dark place. The world is engulfed in darkness, and we need to be the light shining for the Lord every single day. If we foul up, I mean, if we misrepresent the Lord by violating His moral laws, as in Exodus 20, if we latch on to some worldly philosophy like evolution, then we are not following the Lord, but we're following other men who are without the Lord. And whenever we think about how to get our life so geared 
that we will honor the Lord and we will have a witness. We will have a testimony. It's not for me to figure that out. It's not for you to say, well, I'm going to see what I can do and get all this straightened out and I'll really be able to do all this. Listen, the more you and I try to figure things out, the more difficult it becomes for us to get it right. And whenever we follow the Lord, then we are just in a position where we're getting direction and we're taking instruction and we're following what he tells us. And that is a huge part of the success, the reason for success that any of us would have. And we simply need to take these things to heart. Now, I've got three more of these passages that I'll share with you tomorrow. But today, I'm talking about Old Testament now, but today I'm going to settle for these three. I want you to get a hold of Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. I want you to get hold of Exodus chapter 20. I want you to get hold of Psalm 1. Listen to those words that are given there in the Bible and let those speak to your heart. Take them in, ingest them, let them become your convictions. Remember, it's God's word. And as you take it in and just say, Lord, teach me from this, instruct me with this, help me to latch on to this and don't let me in any sense Listen to anybody else that's going to tell me something different to that. I'm going to do what the Lord says, follow what he tells me. And when I do that, I'll tell you, you're going to grow. You're going to be mature as a Christian. You're going to blossom out. You'll have a witness. You'll have a testimony. And your life will begin to count like it's not ever counted before. Well, listen, tomorrow we'll do some more of this. This is a crash course in keeping us from crashing. And I want you to hear the rest of what I have to say. So be sure to be with us these next several days. And in the meantime, remember, I love to hear from our listeners. And I want you to sit down sometime today or tonight. Write me a note. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now.